Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey everybody, this is episode number 41, and I am recording this introduction at a snowy Wallawa Lake State Park out in Eastern Oregon, where I am the campground host for the month of May. My guest this week on the podcast is Vicki Burke. Vicki has been a campground host in Michigan for 24 years. And in that time, not only has she witnessed all the mistakes and mishaps that someone can make when driving or towing an RV, she's also made a few of them herself. She was brave enough to come on to share not only her safety tips, but also some of her own mishaps so that we can all learn from them. I really enjoyed getting to know Vicki, so let's listen in. Well, hello, Vicki. Uh, today, my guest is Vicki Burke, and I am super excited to have Vicki on because Vicki has 24 years as a campground host and probably longer than that camping, I'm assuming. And, and Vicki is going to come on and talk to us today a bit about towing and a bit about safety, because quite frankly, you know, I drive a class B, I don't really know hardly anything about towing and toys, towing safety. And so I really wanted somebody who had some knowledge in this area to come on and share with our listeners a few tips and tricks and maybe some things to look out for. So thank you, Vicki, for coming on today. Thanks, Kathy, for having me. Yeah. So I always like to start out with having you just tell a little bit about yourself and about your um, journey into RV lifestyle. I, oh my gosh, I could talk for days on this, but um, <laughs> I'm a retired teacher. I retired in 2019. I knew from the time I was a very little girl and wanted to go to Woodstock and my parents wouldn't let me go, that I had <laughs> a bug to travel and just kind of be a wanderer. And um, it's something, I mean, I've camped my entire life. I grew up in a camping family uh, mm. from age zero. I was spending my summers in trailers and um and I just, um, you know, I've always had that need to be outside, to be in the, in the woods. I, I particularly care for forest environments, um, but I have, have recently learned that I, I absolutely adore the desert. So I, oh, you know, okay. I, I didn't know if I'd like the, the barren landscape as much as the trees and everything, but that's a, that's a whole different part of me. So, um, yeah. And so I've just been camping my whole life. And then, um, I was a single parent and as, um, I, you know, my son started to get older as in like four years old, I wanted to, I actually took him camping as an infant. I mean, right away, um, wow. we were nice. camping, he was born in October and that next summer we were camping and, um, I remember um, camping the weekend that Princess Diana was killed and it oh. was raining that whole weekend and we were in a tent. I mean, you all, everybody starts in a tent, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we were in a tent and the food was wet and the dogs were wet and the sleeping bags were wet and the pillows were wet. Oh. And 
there, the clothes were wet. There was nothing that was dry. And I said to myself, that's it. I'm done. I am never sleeping in a tent again, as long as I live. And I bought my very first little pop-up, okay. you know, so I just bought a little tiny six foot box pop-up and that sort of started my journey with, um, you know, having various trailers and things. And, um, at that time, my son was four and, or just before four. And then when he was four, I, wanted to figure out a way that I could inexpensively, because being a single mom, you're always concerned about those things, mm -hmm. that I could take him camping and we could um, spend our summers camping. Because at that time I was working on my master's and our life was crazy and I was trying to write my thesis and, and you know, I was working nights and I never saw him. And so I kind of made this commitment that we would always spend our summers together. And so I learned about the campground host program mm. and um, I applied at the park where I grew up in. And sure enough, um, we, we got the position and we started hosting there. He was four uh, years old at that time. Wow. He's now, he's now 28. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, and this is in the state of Michigan, correct? This is in Michigan. Correct. Yes. And you've been, so you started hosting with a four-year-old. I had no idea. Oh, I could tell you stories about him getting bogged down in the, in the mud bogs and, oh, he, and we were always really, really tight with the Explorer guides because the hosts and the guides kind of work together sometimes for programs. And my son developed this incredible love of nature and the outdoors, nurtured by a particular um, explorer ranger mm -hmm. that we had at the park. And this is something that's kind of fun, but um, he always went to all the explorer guide programs. And so he kind of grew up knowing where every bug, every tree, every edible plant, every slug, every bone was in the park, right? As soon as he turned 18, he became an explorer guide at the park for his oh. summer. He's a teacher, you know, during the year, but he spends his summer as an explorer guide. And now he's 28 and we still spend our summers together every year since he was four. Oh so, my God. Wonderful? I yeah. love that story. Yeah, That's it's wonderful. So, so we've seen an awful lot of things and learned a lot of things in our travels and camping and you know, I've had everything from a six foot box pop up to an eight foot box to a 10 box to a 14 with a slide out. And then we went to a hybrid and then we had two different travel trailers. And then I had a class B and now finally I am settled in a class C. So, okay. And are you a full-timer now? Um, kind of, I am full-time. I did. I actually, um, drove with the intent of spending my winter this winter in Arizona and my dad passed away and I needed, mm. I came back to Michigan. And um, so I spent the Michigan, the winter in Michigan, which is awful if you hate the snow as much as I do. And uh, <laughs> I hate the snow. And so, yeah, I like to say I'm full-time, but I do have an apartment that I keep. Okay. Just, it's sort of the, in case, you know, I need to come home apartment. Yeah. Which is, you know. Otherwise, I would be full time on the road all the time. Yeah, I got it. That's good to have because since yeah. it came in handy this year. So, yeah. um, so twenty four years as a campground host, you've mm -hmm. seen it all. 
Oh and, Lord. Yes. And also it sounds like you've driven it all. I, I think I have driven <laughs> one of everything. Yeah. Um, and so the thing I wanted to bring you on to talk about today is some of the things, you know, maybe that people aren't necessarily considering when they get a trailer, um, things like weight and what kind of hitches and tow bars and, and all these things that to me don't mean a lot. Like I said, I'm not pulling anything, but you've pulled all kinds of things and you've seen people pull things and maybe you've seen a lot of people make mistakes and, and they're, they're innocent mistakes. When you buy a trailer, they don't necessarily teach you anything. So why don't don't. we, yeah. So why don't we start maybe with some basics around towing? Let's start there. Okay. The, um, now, first of all, I should preface all of this is, this is, these are my experiences. Um, I'm not an expert in everybody should do their own research for the kind of vehicle they have and the kind of unit they want to purchase. Um, so that's really important that I throw that out there. Um, yeah, well, this is maybe the first place to start. So you can right. share, even like, if you don't know what you, do you even need to research? So let's start with Correct. that. Correct. And that's why I didn't even know the names of things that I needed to look up. So yeah, this is a good place. So when you're looking at a hitch, um, there are several things to look at um, with a, knowing there's several things to know about having uh, hitches and the type of hitch that you need. The first is, is that you always need to tow a trailer um, so it's level. You can't have the nose of the trailer mm-hmm. high or the nose of the trailer low. And yes, you have seen all of them on the highway like that, where, you know, you've got a really high truck pulling a trailer and it's, it's on a slant as they're pulling. Well, when that happens, when you're pulling high or pulling low, you're putting the weight either all on the front part of your trailer or the back part of your trailer. And those two places where your axles, where your wheel axles are, Mm -hmm. are spots that you have to be kind of concerned about where the weight is. So you want it, you kind of want it even. So when you're towing, you need to tow flat and they, you can adjust hitches. They make hitches that you can adjust higher or lower so that you know that your trailer is being towed flat. So that's something I would start with. And I would say, make sure that the rise or drop of the ball of your hitch keeps your trailer at a, at a level position. Okay. Now is that something someone could manually adjust or would they have to go buy a whole new hitch? Um, it depends on their hitch. Um, okay. You can buy hitches that have holes in them down the side where you can up, you know, raise or lower the ball according to what you need. So okay. you, you can get your hitch that way. And I should, I should clarify too, that your hitch receptacle is the little square on the back of your, your car or truck, right? That the little hole and mm-hmm. your hitch is the actual mechanism that slides into that hole that has the ball on it, that your trailer. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Okay. And so you need to also make sure that your hitch receptacle is the kind that's going to pull the weight of the trailer that you're thinking of pulling. So a lot okay. of things, a lot of decisions that you need to know are, you know, what size trailer are you pulling? So that's important. You mean um, length or you mean weight? Both. Okay. Absolutely both. 
Um, I can have a little short um, 18 foot trailer, but it could weigh 5,000 pounds, or I could have a 23 foot trailer and it could weigh, you know, 2000 pounds. So they make all different kinds. It depends on how old they are. Older ones are usually heavier, um, newer ones they're creating and they're making really light. So that that's a big difference, you know? Okay. So um, then there's different class weights for your hitches. I mean, the hitches have a different class weight rating on them. So a weight rating on them. And so you have to make sure you're getting the right hitch for the trailer that you're going to pull. Um, so that's really important. And then, then there's two extra things that you should consider. The first is either sway bars or a weight distribution hitch. And a sway bar is um, mostly for small, small, I would say pop-ups kind of units that you're going to pull. Um, and it's usually just well, there's two types. There's ones that have little tiny bars on them that you just hook to your tongue. And um, it just kind of keeps your pop up from going back and forth. So a sway, a sway bar is really an anti sway bar. Is that correct? Okay. That's a good point. And then, um, but the ones that most people are familiar with is what they call an adjustable bar. And, um, that is one that you hook on your tongue and hook on your trailer. And then you actually have a little crank and you can tighten it down according to, you know, where it's at, you tighten it down and that keeps your, your generally a pop-up or a really small, like a casita or a teardrop of some kind, Mm -hmm. the the smaller units use sway bars, Um, sway bars. You never want to back up with them. That's one of the things that my, dealer told me way back when Devin was four years old and I had my first pop-up, he said, always take your sway bar off before you back up. I had an adjustable one because you'll, you'll strip it if you try to back up with it. And then when you go to crank it down, it, it won't work anymore. So because when you're backing into a place, you're actually swaying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you don't want to do that. So, um, you want to, we always did, we pulled up and we, you know, I jumped out, unhooked this way bar, which takes like 30 seconds, not even mm-hmm. 30 seconds, 10 seconds, threw it in the back of the truck and then backed in. So it, okay. it wasn't that big of a deal. And, um, and the other thing is, is you always want to actually hook it up and tighten it Well, we hooked it up, but you want to tighten it down when you're straight mm-hmm. and that the, the unit isn't curved or, you know, swung over to the right or to the left. You want to drive a little bit on a straight road and then tighten it down when you're straight because you don't want it to sway. Right. So yeah, you want to keep it straight. Um, They don't, unless you're pulling something really tiny, those are kind of a thing of the past. Uh, There's not very many tinies on the road anymore. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Although teardrops are coming back. So maybe there is. Um, I'm kind of out of the loop on, on the tiny, the tiny units (laughs) at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, but then the other one is the weight distribution hitch. And okay. that's really important if you're pulling anything of any length, you know, longer than a, say, a teardrop or a pop-up. And that is two really heavy-duty bars that hook to your um, trailer and then to your, your tow vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that keeps your trailer from swaying you know, the bigger the trailer, you don't want it to sway. Right. So, and, and most hitches now, because trailers generally now, um, I was just looking at some of the trailers that are being manufactured recently and they all seem to be over 21 feet or over. 
And so, and most of the time when you're pulling something that big, uh, you're going to have a weight distribution hitch. Okay. So that's the two types of hitches. All right. (sighs) Yeah. So, so that's the, that's the kind of thing. So when, you know, for example, we've all seen those videos on YouTube (gasps) of, of the trailers that are just like swinging, like loosey goosey behind the truck. What Mm -hmm. is that a result of usually? Usually it's a result of two things. It's either that they have too small of a vehicle pulling the unit that they're pulling, or they don't have any kind of a sway hitch, um, a sway bar or distribution hitch put on. They don't have any kind of a anti-sway device. So I could theoretically go into an RV dealership and buy a trailer and they wouldn't necessarily check to make sure that I had the correct hitch. Oh my gosh. No. And do I have a story on that one? Okay. Let's hear it. Oh, and this has to do with kind of where I'm going with the next thing that I thought I should touch on. And that's, you know, um, wheelbase length. I have a Nissan Xterra and, oh, I can pull 5,500 pounds with this Xterra. So I went in and I bought a Keystone hideout, 21 foot or 23 foot Keystone hideout. That was my last hard side trailer. And I loved it. It was, it was a great trailer and um, it was a beautiful trailer. And so when I, I bought it in the Detroit area and I needed to take it back to the West side of the state at that time, that's where I was living. And I got on I-96 and I wasn't even on the highway for 10 feet. And that trailer started just swaying all Mm -hmm. over the road. And I thought to myself, okay, I've pulled a lot of trailers. Obviously there's something wrong. And I slowed right down. And um, so I thought, oh, maybe I just caught something weird. And we got out and we checked the tires to see if I had a flat. I mean, you know, we do all the things that we think Mm -hmm. we know. And that thing started swaying and swaying again. And I literally drove home three hours at... 15 miles an hour because I could not get any speed up without that trailer literally dragging me by swaying all over the highway. So it took us hours and hours and hours to get home because, and I had the, you know, the emergency lights Mm -hmm. on and the whole nine yards. And I drove it right to another dealer of the same um, corporation by where I lived and I dropped it off that night and I, and you know, right. I didn't even go to my house, you know, cause I, I just put it right <laughs> yeah. in their lot and with the plans of calling them first thing in the morning. And I actually just went to their door and I said, we got problems. You know, I said, mm-hmm. I can't pull this. And he came out and said, you know, let me see your vehicle. And I came over and he goes, Oh, well, no wonder your vehicle's too short to pull this. Oh, he says your wheelbase is too tiny. You shouldn't be pulling this. Okay. So and I, and I went, yeah, my mouth hit the floor and I said, well, I told the salesman what I was driving and he said, oh, you can pull 5,000 pounds. No problem. You'll be able to pull this trailer. It's a lightweight trailer. Surprise, surprise. They will tell you anything to sell you a trailer. Right. However, what he didn't tell me was that my wheelbase was so small or so short that there, that I, it was going to be a problem. So I ended up buying a $600 plus, um, distribution his hitch setup. Um, and, um, you know, 
the long story short is I drove it up north, but then I actually ended, and, and I mean, that's up where I host in Michigan. Right. And I found a place to store the trailer up there because driving it three hours up and down from the north wasn't going to be a, a healthy thing because it was not safe. And so I ended up just storing my trailer very close to where I host so that I didn't have to make major towing with it, knowing that my car was actually too small to be towing it. You know, now the wow. hitch, the hitch actually, um, the distribution and the weight solved most of the problem. However, in the back of my mind, I knew that if that trailer ever got swaying, it would still drag me all over the highway. Right. So um, I knew that I wasn't going to make long, long distance travels with it. Okay. So, yeah, it was so, kind of not safe. So let's back up for a second here. Let's say somebody is in your situation where they found this trailer they want. They know that their vehicle has the towing capacity. Right, right. Um, how do they know if what their wheelbase needs to be? How, where can they research that and find that out? Well, you can research it with a tape measure or a measuring tape. You measure from the center of your front wheels to the center of your back wheel. And that number of inches is your wheelbase. Okay. And, or you can get onto Google and say, what is the wheelbase of a Nissan Xterra or, you know, whatever yeah. you have. And, and it, it will tell you. And so um, there's a really interesting rule of thumb where a 110 inch wheelbase can pull up to a 20 foot trailer. Okay. Okay. And then you get one more foot of trailer for every four inches of your wheelbase. So if you're pulling 110 foot, if your wheelbase on your truck is 110, you can pull a 20 foot trailer. If your wheelbase is 114 plus four inches, you can pull a 21 foot trailer. Okay. And I should say safely. Now right. there's people always still do it, but safely, then you would pull, you know, um, a 21 foot. And then if you wanted to go up four more inches to 118 inch wheelbase, then you could pull a 22 foot. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the general formula. And, but if you go backwards, if your wheelbase is less than 110 inches, then you actually have to subtract um, for each foot that you go, you need to go smaller by 5.25 inches. And it's, it's a weird math thing. I'm an art teacher. I mean, yeah, me okay. the, math. I, the calculations are there, but basically if you go under or so for 104 inch wheelbase, the most you could pull is a 19 foot trailer. If you had a 98 inch, and I'm taking that 110 originally down by five point or six points, six inches, then you would go to an 18 foot trailer. So you have to go much smaller, the shorter your wheelbase is. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yes. Um, and, but you also have to consider the weight. And by the way, I'm going to, absolutely. Um, Vicki sent me some great notes. So I'm going to make sure that we have all these notes in the show notes. So you don't have to yeah. be sitting here now with a pen and paper. You can go back and. <laughs> oh, it drove me crazy trying to figure this out when I originally was trying to figure out why, what the problem was with my car. And it, yeah. nobody ever told me about wheelbase. You know? Yeah. 
So you That's have wheel base and you have weight. Are there other things to consider when you're looking at a tow vehicle? Um, well, the weight is another really big issue. And again, let me make, um, you'll see that is why a lot of trailers are being pulled by trucks. You know, they have a, a very substantial wheelbase, plus they also have the weight that they can pull. So right. that's why trucks are a good option. Okay. It worries me when I see little SUVs pulling 21, 22, 23, 32 foot trailers, mm -hmm. and you've got a little tiny, tiny SUV. That's, that's, that's scary. That's scary. So you because know. people think, well, my my vehicle is rated to tow 5,000 pounds. Therefore I can, tow I can pull anything at 5,000 yeah. pounds. And, and honestly get on YouTube. There are videos that show type in, you know, videos about car wheelbase or, you know, towing with towing wheelbase. Um, boy, oh boy, there's some scary videos out there of how, you know, these people just get swaying and it just, they just flip, you know, yeah. and you, see it all the time. I can't tell you how many times on the highway going north I have seen flipped over trailers mm. and it's getting really bad now because you have people that during COVID all ran out and bought trailers right. that have no experience whatsoever. And these salesmen are like, Oh, just selling them just as fast as they can. And the salesmen don't even know all this stuff, you know, right. and they're, they just want to make the sale and they're selling all these trailers to people and um, not giving them the correct information. And the next thing you know, they're on their side on the side of I-75. So, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. So that's happened. Anyway, so back to the weight is the third thing that you really should be um, concerned about. There's there's abbreviations. The UVW is the unloaded vehicle weight or the very base weight of your trailer with nothing loaded into it. Sometimes if you have onboard propane, they count that weight mm -hmm. um, in it. But if you have a removable propane tank, that's usually not counted in it. Okay. So that is the, the dry weight or the unloaded weight or the base weight. They, it goes by all those names of your trailer before you have put anything in that trailer. And um, mind you, you can find all of these of this for your trailer specifications on that sticker that's inside the door of your trailer. It's always okay. there on that yellow sticker. Mm -hmm. The CCC or cargo capacity is the weight of the stuff you're going to put in your camper. Okay. It's your chairs, it's your dog, it's your food, it's your toiletries, it's your clothes, it's your craft items, it's you know your fire pit, it's your water, spare tire, is water included. It's your, yep, water, propane, all of that. Anything okay. that is not in the dry weight when you buy your trailer, that all you'd be surprised how fast that adds up. And I'll tell you, a good rule of thumb is get your bathroom scale out and weigh yourself. And as you go to put that box of whatever in there, weigh yourself and write down what that mm. number is. And then when you go to put your gravity chair in there, which are heavy chairs, weigh yourself holding the gravity chair, write that number down. You would be surprised how fast those numbers add up. Yeah. Very fast, especially if you're going to drive with a full tank of water. Right. Water is about three to 400 pounds, depending on the size of your tank. Mm -hmm. So, and then, then also if you're driving a motorhome, like you and I do, 
you also have a cargo capacity. And at that point, you also need to consider the size of and weight of your passengers into that mix, as well as your dogs. Like, you know, I grew up rescuing 120 pound dogs. So that would have been a serious consideration for me, you know? So um, you have to think about that as well. Yeah. I just loaded up. I'm getting ready to hit the road. And so I'm clearing out my cupboards and I just loaded up with cans and cans of food that was in my, so that's probably, I, I need to go take a look and see what my uh, capacity is on my class B to make sure that I'm not over it. So that's a really good tip. I know you can go into a truck area, loves or, uh, um, flying J they have scales. And I think it's, mm, I don't know, 15, $20 to weigh your unit. And that Mm. would not be a bad thing to do. Yeah. They have truck scales, which brings me to the next abbreviation. It's the GVW which is the gross vehicle weight. And that is the total weight your unit can support with all the stuff in it and the weight of the unit itself. It is the final number that your unit should weigh um, while it's driving down the road. Okay. So, and that's on that sticker as well. And that would be the number as you pull into the truck stop, um, that would be the number that you do not wanna go over. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now that's, if you're towing a trailer, then that's just the trailer, nothing to do with the truck. Right. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Right. That's just the trailer weight because you want to make sure that the axles of the trailer can support the weight that you have on them. And I have another experience about that one. Oh, okay. Well, I busted the rear axle of my class B Oh, your class B. Yeah. My pleasure way. It was, um, I snapped it. Boy, you want to have an expensive repair. That's, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It cost me to fix that. Um, yes. And it wasn't because I was overweighted. I was overweighted just a little bit. Um, but it's because I had all the weight in the rear end on top of the axle. Um, so you have to be careful of where you put that weight in your camper as well. Make it even. You evenly distribute that weight throughout your trailer. You don't load one end full of heavy stuff and the other end not full of heavy stuff. Okay. So that's really important too. And your axle is what your wheels are running on. Right. That's the rod that runs across the bottom of your trail, you know, your unit with the, with the wheels attached to it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience and what that was with, with busting your axle. That sounds like a really scary. It was scary. You can't control your, it was awful. I just lucked out. I swear my sister who passed away was my guardian angel that day. Um, I was coming back, um, not this past year, but the year before I was coming back from Arizona and I had just driven during pandemic, I had got stuck in Arizona. Mm. Um, and didn't end up being able to come home because of various closures and the initial panic where nobody knew what should be open and what shouldn't be open. And I remember New Mexico shut down all their rest areas. They shut down all their state parks. They shut down, you know, and so it was really hard for me to get home. And um, finally, I ended up coming home in June, two months later than I had thought I was going to get home. I made it to Illinois, And then I decided to start taking some back roads in Illinois, just because I thought, oh, I'll just try to avoid some of the bigger cities. Mm -hmm. And I heard this weird thumping sound and I pulled over at a Burger King, actually. And I looked under the trailer and I didn't really see anything. 
And I thought, well, it's a good thing I'm taking some back roads. I'm going slower, you know, and I managed to get into Michigan and on uh, the highway and I got 45 minutes from my house. And all of a sudden there was this loud, like bang. And all of a sudden I couldn't control. And it just so happens that I was taking an exit to get onto, I was going slow. Thank goodness. It happened when I was curving around onto an exit to get onto another highway to head home. And I was 45 minutes from home and sure enough, it broke and you, you can't, it was awful. You just cannot. And it was by, you know, just pure luck that I was able to maneuver to the side of the road because I was already going slow and kind Mm -hmm. of making that curve to, to enter onto that next highway. So I lucked out, um, but I was on one of the major highways in Michigan, which oh my, a, sounds like between two major highways. That yeah. I was scary. getting off of one major highway and getting onto another. And, um, I just, it was a, it was just a fluke that I was making that curve and I just kept going on that curve because you can't control it at that point. And I just kept going on that curve and got over to the side of the road and I put my flashers on and. I didn't know what to do. It was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? You know? And yeah. I didn't know what was wrong. And I went back out and looked and one of my tires was like completely oh. yeah, perpendicular to the other tire. And I thought, holy moly, I did something bad. And um, yeah, come to find out it was because there was just too much weight in the back of it. So, so what, what was it that you did that created there to be so much weight in the back? You know what? I loaded everything when the, in the, the old, in that class B, um, there was the axle, but the bed was past the axle, the rear axle. And so um, I loaded everything onto the back bed and I had some uh, arts and crafts stuff and chairs and, you know, all the stuff that you take usually camping. And I, you know, I don't pack light. I try and try and try, but I'm not a light packer. You know, I need all my stuff. And it was just all sitting on resting on the bed and it was just too heavy for that, you know, I had my, my little 12 volt free, it wasn't little, but I had my freezer back there. Um, because if you know, those class B's, they only have small refrigerators, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had bought an extra little chest mm. thing and I had, I had all kinds of stuff back there, but yeah, I have since learned that, um, I have since taken m- more things out. I've lightened my load, so to speak. Yeah. It's hard, you know, as an art teacher, I love to go do arts and crafts, you know? And so I had a lot of arts and crafts with me and things like that, but yeah, you can't, uh, that trailer, I didn't pay too close attention to that. I wasn't too much over, but, um, but it was enough that just those extra having it all in the rear wow. end and yeah. was enough to break that axle. So that's a yeah, crazy, happy with it. that's a crazy story. And, you know, that's, I'm definitely going to go in as I'm loading stuff up and I've got stuff that I'm bringing to somebody that lives out where I'm going. And I'm like, uh Oh, well, it's hard when you live on, in your unit. And, yeah. you know, honestly, in the industry, the RV industry, they never anticipated people living full time in trailers and motorhomes. They were meant to be recreational two weeks yeah. a year camping vehicles where people don't take everything they own and pile it into a, into a trailer or a motorhome. And right. the new trend is, is people are living in these units mm-hmm. and, and even, you know, they're remodeling them, they're putting in dressers and things that they can't get rid of. You know, you've seen the van builds and things yeah. like that. 
you know, those vans are wonderful, but there's not a huge cargo capacity in them, you know? And so by the time you put in all the, the build materials, the wood and the pretty wood and the floors and the grandma's dresser and all that, you add all of that stuff up really fast. And so that is something to really, really, really be, cons- you know, just know that you need to watch those things, you know, yeah, that's- you need to be concerned with. So yeah, that was, that was a scary thing. And so then that's why one of the reasons that prompted me to get my class C, well, I fixed the B Mm. and um, I drove it for a while longer and I really liked it, but I realized that I, I love to take my craft things with me. And so um, I needed a bigger unit that could give me a little more um, cargo Mm -hmm. weight room. So, so I got my class C and so, so now I'm happy because I can take all my stuff with me. So Yeah. And it's got a little bit bigger engine on it. Right. So, but yeah, so that, that was a scary story. That was a scary story, but um, there is a couple other things. People should always have a set of chocks in their trailer and chocks are those little wedges that you put behind your tires. So that if you do have a problem or you need to change a flat or you're, you know, on a hill, you put those little wedge behind your tires and it keeps your unit from rolling backwards. Now, so should those, that be for uh, any kind of RV or just for a trailer? Yeah, you should have them for your motorhome. I have them for my motorhome. Okay. And your trailer. And honestly, they do eventually wear out. I did just read that chocks do eventually wear down mm. and that at some point you should look at them and see if you need to replace them, but they're really, they're inexpensive. They're an inexpensive item and they're, they're worth having, yeah. especially if you have to um, lift your trailer to change a tire or what you don't want it rolling backwards. Which oh is yeah. What'll happen. So you need to put those behind your wheel. So that's important. Or if you're parked on a hill, that's really important mm-hmm. too. Um, safety chains. Oh my gosh, you better be putting safety chains. That's what saved me with my pop-up. Oh yeah. I got another story there. Oh wait, did you tell that one yet? I don't know if you <laughs> told that story. I didn't tell that one. Okay. So my very first pop-up and I was really dumb and naive. I bought my first brand new right out of the manufacturer place. Uh, my eight foot box Coleman pop-up and you know, I was so naive. And at this point that, you know, there's that little pin that you lift up when you back up mm-hmm. and you put your, you know, you put your ball under it and then you lower it down and then you clip that little pin down. I didn't lift that pin up. And so I backed up and I thought I put the, the hitch down on the ball. I thought, Oh, I'm good to go. And I hooked my chains up. I crisscrossed them like you're supposed to and hooked them up and boy, the safety chains. And I got going and I got pulled out of my driveway and I pulled out of my subdivision and I got on a big street and where I was living. And all of a sudden, boom, the whole tongue of that pop-up hit the ground. And I just thought, Oh my God, right in the middle of traffic in the left-hand lane. And and it, you know, it started wiggling because the only thing holding it was the safety chains on my pop-up. And thank goodness for these wonderful men that jumped out of their car and saw what happened. And um, it's like, boy, did I feel stupid at that yeah. point, but yeah. you know, um, and yeah, he's like, lady, you didn't put your thing up on your, your, your itch, you know? So yeah, I learned real fast that always be paying really close attention to that and, and really look and make sure that ball is actually where it's supposed to be, you know, and then yeah. lock that down. So yeah, yeah no. safety chains saved me on that one. Okay. And I know a lot of people do have a checklist that they go through, especially right. with trailers to make sure that everything is 
that was one of my, on my list here, I said, have a walk around checklist. Oh, okay. And um, a surge protector is really a, a must if you're someplace where you're plugging into um, to a pedestal for electricity. Yeah. I highly recommend you get a surge protector. And, you know, I've seen a lot of fried, fried um, wires and on people's RVs. Over so the course search, of the years. Yeah, search protector. This doesn't have anything to do with towing or drying. This is this no, is this for, is just a yeah. general safety thing to think about right. for your unit. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in an RV or a trailer or you know a pop-up or whatever. If you're plugging into electricity with a 30 amp or a 50 amp service, you need to put a surge protector. And you know, it's a pretty, pretty hefty price to purchase one, but um, having to do the rewiring of a whole unit is, yeah. is a lot more. So, yeah. you know, it's worth the say, you know, the savings in the long run. And then I have, um, leveling blocks, get yourself some leveling blocks. You don't want to go for long periods of time with an unlevel camper. Okay. One, your, your refrigerator won't work for one, if you're running propane and, um, it's just not good for the frame of your trailer. Um, to be cockeyed and twi- you know, kind of twisted. So mm-hmm. get some leveling blocks. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that I have on my hitch that, um, see, I don't know, I haven't bought a hitch in so long that I don't know if it comes standard or if it was an add-on, but I had a brake release on my hitch. And that if for any reason, my trailer came unhooked from the ball, um, this cable would pull and the, it would put brakes onto my trailer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I had a a brake release uh, attached to my hitch on my, matter of fact, I have it on my Xterra, but I don't pull a trailer anymore. But yeah, I had a brake release on it. So that was, that's something to think about on your hitch Mm -hmm. too. So, and then the other thing is just make sure you check the wheel bearings on your, on your wheels, especially in a trailer. Um, Is that something you can do yourself or is that something you should have professionally done? It depends on how much of a mechanic you are. I would have it somebody else do it just okay. because I, I I don't know what to do on that kind of stuff. I just know that they have to take the wheel off and they have to grease the bearings. They're like little tiny metal ball bearings that are inside your wheel. Okay. And uh, especially with trailers. I remember having to have it done on my pop-up, my pop-ups. That's the nice thing about being a host is that there's always somebody in the park that is a you know, heating and cooling guy that can, why do I have, you know, no heat? Well, lady, you got a spider burning up in your spider nest in there, or, you know, or, you know, do I need to have my wheels greased? I don't know. Let me look, maybe take your tire off and look for you. And there there is a benefit to, you know, being a host, you get to meet a lot of different people that have a lot of different talents that can help, you, you know, and that's really nice. So, but I, I wouldn't do the wheel bearings myself. I would, um, have somebody do them. And how often did you get those inspected? Every couple of years is good. And they say that, it, you know, they'll, they'll probably, if, you're, if you're making short trips, at that time I was just camping during the summer. So, you know, it, they could have lasted four years easy. But if you're going full time, then I would think about ma- doing it maybe every year, just, yeah. just for peace of mind. It's, you know, not that big of a deal. And just uh, just remember that it takes it double or more room to stop your trailer when you're driving, when you put the brakes on, you know? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but the worst thing that ever happens is somebody pulling out in front of you 
because you cannot just slam on your brakes and stop when you pull a large, even with my motorhome, you know, yeah, exactly. it takes a even lot of my, room. My class B, absolutely. Yep. It takes a lot more room to stop. So, you know, you just, you learn to leave a lot of room between you and the person in front of you. And unfortunately, when you leave that kind of room, then people sneak into that right. you know, space and then you're slamming your brakes on, but um, you just got to, you know, be careful. So yeah. And the, the smaller the unit, the easier it is to jackknife it when you're backing up. Mm. So that little six foot box, I only had to just touch my steering wheel and that sucker just turned. Okay. So, yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. I found it much easier to back in a 23 foot trailer than it did to, to back in a pop-up. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting that you say that last summer when I was hosting, I saw this family and they were obviously on their very first trip and they had a pop-up and oh boy, they could not get that thing into the site and they eventually unhooked <laughs> it and all three of them just pushed it in. Yeah. That's what I ended up doing with my little ones too. At that time, I wasn't quite as old as what I am now. And I just would pick those sucker up and move it into where it needed to yeah. go. But yeah, the bigger they got, the heavier they got, and the less I was able to move them. But yeah, they're harder. The smaller they are, to the, then the harder, more harder they are to park. So yeah, I yeah, didn't realize I, that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm telling you what, I back in that class C, like there's nothing, man. I just zip, 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 zip and get yeah. it right in there. You know, my son was like really blown away the first time. I actually drove it home from New York for the first time. I bought it in New York. And um, we made a road trip out there and I, my son came home with me and um, we, uh, we drove it in and we drove it into Michigan and drove it all the way up north because I was camping, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, when I bought it and um, I, it, two seconds in the drive, I have kind of an S-shaped host spot where mm -hmm. I have to get into and I just zip, 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 put it right in and my son was standing there looking at me like he was totally bamboozled that I awesome. could do that but it was actually it's just like backing up a car it was mm -hmm. so much easier to back the motorhome up than anything else that I had ever towed you know so yeah, yeah was, it was easy yeah it was pretty easy so well good for you yeah I still with my class b sometimes especially as I'm heading out like I haven't been driving it in a while I still yeah. it takes me one or two times sometimes to get where I want it to be but I don't care I, I don't have shame about it no. And I, I don't pull into every spot quite so easy. You know, that mm -hmm. spot I know frontwards and backwards and inside out, but right. a, a spot that's a little for unfamiliar. I, um, I tend to want to run and really make sure I'm in the good level spot and everything's level and I might pull up and adjust a little bit or, you know, whatever, but yeah, you know, there's no shame in doing that. You know, you know yeah. you're, it's just what it is. It's just when you get out and you start yelling at your spouse, yes. <laughs> that the whole campground sits around and watches you back in. Right. So, there's yes, one, one of the benefits of being solo, right? <laughs> right, right. And you, but you know what? You have to, <laughs> as a new person pulling a trailer, you have to know that everybody is going to watch you pull that in when you get to your park, mm -hmm. you know, because that's just, you know, what, what happens. And it's, you know, I remember the first time I tried to back in my, the first hard side that I bought that was 21 foot. And the very first time I was going to back it in, it, in that S shaped driveway that I mm. needed to get into the host spot. I, I, it took me about 10 times <laughs> 
but um but I learned real fast you know the more I did it the better I got and um and then I was able to do it but I of course picked the trickiest hardest driveway to try to get in my first time ever right you know I didn't pick an easy just back in to do it but um but I got very good and by the time I bought the last trailer I just whipped that sucker right in and had no problems so yeah that's great I actually find that driving the motorhome is um, the difference between my pleasure, which was 21 or 22 feet. And then my motorhome, which is only 24 feet, isn't enough that I'm noticing mm-hmm. a huge, a huge difference. I can actually park in every normal parking spot oh, in okay. every store. I mean, I go do Walmart grocery pickups in my RV, you know, and I pull yeah. right in those little spots and I, I go towards the end. I don't pull up in the front yeah. invested area, you know, but um yeah. And I can either back in or I can pull in whatever. And yeah, I don't have any problem, but I th- you know, I'm driving a shorter RV. So right. I'm not driving a great big long one. I have one more little funny story. This okay. happened last year, actually hosting. Oh, I have lots of host stories about the stupid things campers do, but um, this is a, a trailer related one. And I am in a spot where in order for people to go to a certain part of the campground, I, I can't, they have to go right by my site. And I was sitting outside with the dogs and I hear thump, 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 as this guy pulling a pop-up is coming around the corner. And I thought, when I looked and I thought, what is that? You know, I never heard that before. He must have a rock in his tire or, you know, something. And as he came around the corner and I was able to see his tires of his trailer, I noticed he had a great big grapefruit sized bulge popping out of one of his tires. And I thought, holy cow, that guy's going to pop that tire and cause an accident on yeah. I-75, you know, coming up. And um, so it just, I thought, you know, I don't even know if he knows it because if he knew it, duh, he wouldn't be driving with it, you know? And so after he got into his site, I could see where his site was, where he was backing into a site. And yeah, it took him several times to back in. So I knew he was new. You uh-huh. know? I just had this feeling. And so, <laughs> so I went down to him and I said, you know, excuse me. I don't know if you noticed or not, um, but you, your tire is bad on your RV. And I just wanted you to know so that while you're here, you can go take care of it. And, you know, I was being very nice mm-hmm. and polite. And he goes, well, I wondered what that noise was. We just drove all the way up here from Detroit. Okay, that's a five-hour drive. And he says, I heard that when we left the guy who we bought the trailer from. And I thought, you didn't even check the tires and you just drove five hours on a bulging tire. And then come to find out, I look at his hitch. He doesn't have any kind of a sway bar or any kind of, he only just had the ball put in the socket he didn't have he didn't have the the chains or anything on his unit had that tire blown his unit would have taken it would have went airborne flying over taken his car with them and it would have been a very serious if not fatal accident Wow. So, you know, please do a walk around of your tires. Yeah. You know, it just, it breaks my heart to see all these people getting hurt on what should be a fun vacation and um, all our wonderful solo women travelers. And, you know, I just want everybody to be safe and there's more and more and more 
because of the nature of COVID and the sales right now, trailers on the road. Mm -hmm. And there's more and more people that just do not know or understand what's involved in pulling a trailer. Yeah. You know, and then that's the other thing too, even a fifth wheel, you got to be careful. Um, And I'm just learning about this and I don't profess to say I know anything about this other than just something I've just recently read, but there is a tongue weight also on your little yellow sticker on your door. And that weight has to do with how much pressure is put on the rear of, say, if I'm talking fifth wheel, how much pressure is being put into the truck bed, Mm -hmm. you know, the bed of the truck where the, the nose hooks to the trailer or where the trailer nose hooks to the, in the back of the bed of the truck. And, um, again, they say that a, um, oh, see, and this is where I'm going to get into, I'm not, I'm not professional about this, but like a Ford F-150 or a Chevy 1500, I don't even know if I got the right numbers, even though it can pull the weight of the fifth wheel, it can't handle that pressure from oh. the of that fifth wheel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think those are half tons. And they always say that you need to be pulling a three quarter, you need to be driving a three quarter ton to pull um, a fifth wheel. And it has to do with that tongue weight in the, in the um, cargo box of the truck. Okay. And again, that would be something if you're thinking of pulling a fifth wheel, you need to do your research because I don't know enough about it right now, other than what I just happened to read. I don't drive a fifth wheel. I don't pull a fifth wheel. So I didn't pay that close of attention to it. So you need to look into that too. That tongue weight is another, another um, statistic that'll be on that sticker on your door. And there's tongue weights on trailers as well too, um, on regular travel trailers. So that's something you need to look at as well. Yeah. And again, I just want to stress this is this conversation is just a starting point. Right. People to think about it's not meant to be. And don't let it scare you. I, you know, I didn't know any of this, you know, and most people can, you know, YouTube is a wonderful resource for looking up videos and things. And it does get really intimidating when you think gross weight and cargo weight. And, you know, what do I do with this? And what's a his weight, his distribution hitch. And, you know, it gets really, really overwhelming, but you can do it. Just take it a little bit at a time and just learn your vehicle and ask questions. That's the best thing. Right. Don't ask them to the salespeople and there's no offense against salespeople. You know, my dad was a salesman, not for RVs, but I get it. You know, they want to make the sale. That's their livelihood, but they don't always know. Mm -hmm. And, and they, you know, they want to sell you a vehicle. And so you need to be prepared when you go into the dealer or if you buy, in this case, a used pop-up with a bulging tire, you need to know that you need to look at your tires. So you just, you kind of need to know those things before diving in, you know, but then go out and have fun and meet people and ask questions. And, you know, that's how you learn all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that's another good reason to just take your first trip close to home and try everything out. Because Mm -hmm. if you have a five hour trip ahead of you and you realize you're not your vehicle, your trailer is swaying behind you. Yeah. But you know, you live and learn and And I just don't want people to have to make the same dumb mistakes that I did. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, 
then I thought, well, you know, it, maybe I can help educate people a little bit before, you know, they jump into, yes, it's nice and say, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hit the road. It's, you know, it's great, but you need to be prepared. You need to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know? And pack light. <laughs> and pack light. I, now- I did the same thing with the canned goods too. And then of course they were on the bed in the rear axle. Yeah. And- yeah. And, uh, that's, yeah, that was, I can't do that anymore. I have to pack light. So yeah, I gotta go. I'm going to right now run out there and look and see what my, uh, CCC is my cargo yeah. capacity. And then I'm probably going to head up. There's a truck stop, not too far from my yes, house. Pay your um, 20 bucks and go figure out what your thing weighs and figure it out. Cause I've never done that before. Yeah. So it will be good to know before I make my five hour drive tomorrow. I have a 1600 pound towing or uh, cargo capacity Okay. in my motorhome, which is a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I'd like to know how close I am to that. Yeah. I'm going to go open my door right now and go see. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks so much, Vicki. This has been really informational. Well, thank you. Um, I, I had a ball. I appreciate you um, sharing all this information with us. Is there anything last thing that, that you really wanted to get out that well, you didn't get to be say safe and be fun have yeah. fun. and uh, it's a wonderful life. You know, I, I keep my favorite quote is I think it's time for another adventure from mm. Lord of the Rings. Um, Bilbo says that, you know, it's fun. Life is an adventure. Don't sit home. Don't let all this scare you, you know, go out and have a good time. And, oh, and if you are interested in heading from the East down West this fall, end of October, beginning of November, I'd be willing to put together a a caravan or to go with people that are going or. Okay. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So thank you so much. I really uh, appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you. This was really great. It was really fun. informational. Thanks Vicki again for coming on and being our guest today. I hope you found something useful from our conversation. I know after our interview, I went out and I made sure that I didn't have my van overloaded for the drive out here. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, no matter what kind of vehicle you get, trailer, RV, towable, or what have you, make sure that you do your own research. Don't rely on any dealer or the person you're buying from. Their only concern is selling. Your safety is your responsibility. Number two, when towing a trailer, always make sure it's a level. Number three, make sure you have the right hitch for the trailer that you are going to pull. Number four, the wheelbase of your tow vehicle is as important as what it's rated to tow. Number five, when loading your vehicle to find the weight of your item, step on a scale and keep track of everything you're putting in to make sure that you do not overload. And finally, Vicki is organizing a caravan from the East Coast to the West this fall. If you're interested in learning more, contact me here at Kathy at SoloWomenRV.com and I can put you in touch with Vicki. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at SoloWomenRV.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. 
Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.